My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, The Story Podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 179, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Isaiah 61 through 63 and Ezekiel 20 and 21. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks for righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will be fed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing, and my faithfulness I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of His righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make the righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory, and you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hesabah and your land Belua, for the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent, day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest, and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem, and makes her the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, never again will I give you your grain as food for your enemies, and never again will foreigners drink the new wine for which you have toiled. 
but those who harvest it will eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather the grapes will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Pass through, pass through the gates, prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highways, remove the stones, raise a banner for the nations. The Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth. Say to daughter Zion, see, your Savior comes. See, he rewards is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you will be called sought after, the city no longer deserted. Who is this coming from Edom, from Bezrah, with his garments stained crimson? Who is this robed in splendor, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? It is proclaiming victory, mighty to save. Why are your garments red, like those of one treading the winepress? I have trotted the winepress alone, from the nations no one was with me. I trampled them in my anger and trod them down in my wrath. Their blood splattered my garments, and I stained all my clothing. It was for me the day of vengeance. The year for me to redeem had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled that no one gave support. So my own arm achieved salvation for me, and my own wrath sustained me. I trampled the nations in my anger, and my wrath I made them drunk, and poured their blood on the ground. I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel, according to his compassion and many kindnesses. He said, surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned and became their enemy, and he himself fought against them. Then his people recalled the days of old, the days of Moses and his people, where he who brought them through the sea with the shepherd of his flock. Where is he who set his Holy Spirit among them, who sent his glorious arm of power to be at Moses' right hand, who divided the waters before them to gain for himself everlasting renown, who led them through the depths like a horse in open country? They did not stumble. Like cattle, they go down to the plain. They were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guided your people to make for yourself a glorious name. Look down from heaven and see, from your lofty throne, holy and glorious. Where are your zeal and your might? Your tenderness and compassion are withheld from us. But you are our Father. Though Abraham does not know us, our Israel acknowledge us. You, Lord, are our Father. Our Redeemer from old is your name. Why, Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so we do not revere you? Return for the sake of your servant, the tribes that are your inheritance. For a little while your peoples possess your holy place, but now our enemies have trampled down your sanctuary. We are yours from of old, but you have not ruled over them. They have not been called by your name. Ezekiel 20 In the seventh year, in the fifth month, on the tenth day, some of the elders of Israel came to inquire the Lord, and they sat down in front of me. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to the elders of Israel and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Have you come to inquire of me? As surely as I live, I will not let you inquire of me, declares the sovereign Lord. Will you judge them? Will you judge them, son of man? Then confront them with the detestable practices of their ancestors and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. 
On the day I chose Israel, I swore with uplifted hand to the descendants of Jacob and revealed myself to them in Egypt. With uplifted hand, I said to them, I am the Lord your God. On that day, I swore to them that I would bring them out of Egypt into a land I had searched out for them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most beautiful of all the lands. And I said to them, eat, each of you get rid of the vile images you have set your eyes on and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. But they rebelled against me and would not listen to me. They did not get rid of the vile images they had set their eyes on, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. So I said I would pour out my wrath on them and spend my anger against them. But for the sake of my name, I brought them out of Egypt. I did it to keep my name from being profaned in the eyes of the nations among who they lived and whose sight I had revealed myself to the Israelites." Therefore, I led them out of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my decrees and made known to them my laws by which the person who obeys them will live. Also, I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between us, so they would know that I, the Lord, made them holy. Yet the people of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not follow my decrees, but rejected my laws by which the person who obeys them will live and they utterly desecrated my Sabbaths. So I said I would pour out my wrath on them and destroy them in the wilderness. But for the sake of my name, I did what would keep it from being profaned in the eyes of the nations in whose sight I had brought them out. Also with uplifted hand, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land I had given them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most beautiful of all lands, because they rejected my laws and did not follow my decrees and desecrated my Sabbaths. For their heart was devoted to their idols. Yet I looked on them with pity and did not destroy them or put an end to them in the wilderness. I said to their children in the wilderness, do not follow the statutes of your parents or keep their laws or defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Keep my Sabbaths holy, that they may be a sign between us. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. But the children rebelled against me. They did not follow my decrees. They were not careful to keep my laws, of which I said, the person who obeys them will live by them. And they desecrated my Sabbaths. So I said I would pour out my wrath on them and spend my anger against them in the wilderness. But I withheld my hand. And for the sake of my name, I did what would keep it from being profaned in the eyes of the nations in whose sight I had brought them out. Also, with uplifted hand, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would disperse them among the nations and scatter them through the countries, because they did not obey my laws, but had rejected my decrees and desecrated my Sabbaths, and their eyes lusted after their parents' idols. So I gave them other statutes that were not good and laws through which they could not live. I defiled them through their gifts, the sacrifices of every firstborn, that I might fill them with horror so they would know that I am the Lord." Therefore, son of man, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. In this also your ancestors blasphemed me by being unfaithful to me. When I brought them into the land, I had sworn to give them, and they saw any high hill or any leafy tree. There they offered their sacrifices, made offerings that aroused my anger, presented their fragrance, incense, and poured out their drink offerings. Then I said to them, What is this high place you go to? It is called Bama to this day. Therefore, say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Will you defile yourselves the way your ancestors did and lust after their vile images? When you offer your gifts, the sacrifice of your children in the fire, you continue to defile yourselves 
with all your idols to this day? Am I to let you inquire of me? You Israelites, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I will not let you inquire of me. You say we want to be like the nations, like the peoples of the world who serve wood and stone, but what you have in mind will never happen. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I will reign over you with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and with outpoured wrath, I will bring you from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with outpoured wrath, I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations and there, face to face, I will execute judgment upon you. As I judged your ancestors in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will judge you, declares the sovereign Lord. I will take note of you as you pass under my rod and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge you of those who revolt and rebel against me. Although I will bring them out of the land where they are living, yet they will not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Go and serve your idols, every one of you. But afterward, you will surely listen to me and no longer profane my holy name with your gifts and idols. For on my holy mountain, the high mountain of Israel, declares the sovereign Lord, there is the land all the people of Israel will serve, me, and there I will accept them. There I will require your offerings and your choice gifts along with all your holy sacrifices. I will accept you as fragrant incense when I bring you out from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will be proved holy through you in the sight of the nations. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, the land I have sworn with uplifted hands to give you to your ancestors. There you will remember your conduct and all the actions by which you have defiled yourselves, and you will loathe yourselves for all the evil you have done. You will know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake, and not according to your evil ways and your corrupt practices. You people of Israel, declares the sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face towards the south, preach against the south and prophesy against the forest of the southland. Say to the southern forest, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am about to set fire to you and it will consume all your trees, both green and dry. The blazing flame will not be quenched and every face from south to north will be scorched by it. Everyone will see that I, the Lord, have kindled it. It will not be quenched. Then I said, Sovereign Lord, they are saying of me, isn't he just telling parables? The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face against Jerusalem and preach against the sanctuary. Prophesy against the land of Israel and say to her, this is what the Lord says, I am against you. I will draw my sword from its sheath and cut off from you both the righteous and the wicked. Because I'm going to cut off the righteous and the wicked, my sword will be unsheathed against everyone from south to north. Then all people will know that I, the Lord, have drawn my sword from its sheath. It will not return again. Therefore groan, son of man, groan before them with broken heart and bitter grief. And when they ask you, why are you groaning? You shall say, because of the news that is coming. Every heart will melt with fear and every hand go limp. Every spirit will become faint and every leg will be wet with urine. It is coming. It will surely take place, declares the sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy and say, this is what the Lord says, a sword, a sword, sharpened and polished, sharpened for the slaughter, polished to flash like lightning. Shall we rejoice in the scepter of my royal son? 
The sword despises every such stick. The sword is appointed to be polished, to be grasped with the hand. It is sharpened and polished, made ready for the hand of the slayer. Cry out and wail, son of man, for it is against my people. It is against all the princes of Israel. They are thrown to the sword along with my people. Therefore, beat your breast. Testifying will surely come. And what if even the scepter, which the sword despises, does not continue, declares the sovereign Lord? So then, son of man, prophesy, and strike your hands together. Let the sword strike twice, even three times. It is a sword for slaughter, a sword for great slaughter, closing in on them from every side, so that hearts may melt with fear and the fallen by many. I have stationed the sword for slaughter at all their gates. Look, it is forged to strike lightning, and it is grasped for slaughter. Slash to the right your sword, then to the left. Wherever your blade is turned, I too will strike my hand together, and my wrath will subside. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, out two roads from the sword of the king of Babylon to take, both starting from the same country. Make a signpost where the road branches off to the city. Mark out one road for the sword to come against Rabbah of the Ammonites and another against Judah and fortified Jerusalem. For the king of Babylon will stop at the fork in the road at the junction of the two roads to seek an omen. He will cast lots with arrows. He will consult his idols. He will examine the liver. Into his right hand will come the lot for Jerusalem when he is to set up battering rams to give the command to slaughter, to sound the battle cry, to set battering rams against the gates, to build a ramp and to erect siege works. It will seem like a false omen to those who have sworn allegiance to him, but he will remind them of their guilt and take them captive. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says, because you people have brought to mind your guilt by your open rebellion, revealing your sins and all that you do, because you have done this, you will be taken captive. You profane and wicked prince of Israel, whose day has come, whose time of punishment has reached its climax. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Take off the turban, remove the crown. It will not be as it was. The lowly will be exalted and the exalted will be brought low. A ruin, a ruin. I will make it a ruin. The crown will not be restored until he to whom it rightfully belongs shall come. To him, I will give it. And you, son of man, prophesy and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says about the Ammonites and their insults. A sword, a sword drawn for the slaughter, polished to consume and to flash like lightning. Despite false visions concerning you and lying divinations about you, it will be laid on the necks of the wicked who are to be slain, whose day has come, whose time of punishment has reached its climax. Let the sword return to its sheath in the place where you were created, in the land of your ancestors. I will judge you. I will pour out my wrath on you and breathe out my fury against you. I will deliver you in the hands of brutal men and men skilled in destruction. You will be fuel for the fire. Your blood will be shed in your land. You will be remembered no more. For I, the Lord, have spoken. Today we read Isaiah 61 through 63 and Ezekiel 20 and 21. God is acting in accordance with his character, and he cannot let evil endure. The cup of iniquity is clearly full, and he will act for the sake of his reputation and his purposes. Ezekiel is making it known that Israel is one of many, and their sins took root in Egypt, and he will respond to the ongoing infidelity and apostasy. 
It cannot be allowed, and he can use human enemies to avenge the sacred corruption and spurning of his grace. We only have one more day in Isaiah after this. In this part of this story, where Isaiah accuses Israel of similar sins to Ezekiel, he seems more convinced that people are capable of repenting and becoming servants, according to Dr. Block. And while Isaiah notes the wicked will be cut off, Ezekiel's message is to an Israel whose heart is like fossilized, suggesting no self or spiritual reform is possible at this point. The emphasis is on the inevitable consequences, the fall of Jerusalem. Yet Ezekiel did talk about individual responsibility and the future of Israel or the new Jerusalem. It's theirs to participate in the restoration of if they respond to God's call to repent. So both Isaiah and Ezekiel are delineating those who follow the way and those who reject it. Yes, it might sound a little bit like the Mandalorian Star Wars spinoff show on Disney+, Plus, but it's something there which I think we find so captivating. There is God's way, and there are other ways. You know how you feel when you're watching a movie scene or perhaps a live news stream of a courtroom where the evidence is overwhelmingly pointing to the guilt of the person on trial, but that person has that look on their face that's tight or guarded, that seems to imply they couldn't possibly be held accountable for this, like there's just not enough evidence or it's just not true. Perhaps they're in self-denial. Someone who believes a lie, like they're innocent or undeserving of guilt or accountability when it's truly warranted, that's called a pathological liar. The pathology reflects the fact that they believe the lie. They believe it. To me, this is somewhat reflects that stiff-necked, hard-hearted image where we've been reading about, where there's something so tragic in that alone. It's that they've shrouded themselves and become so hardened to something that is not true. Ezekiel is acting like a lawyer, declaring that God's goodness demands justice, and the evidence is overwhelmingly present. Israel will be held accountable, and exile, or more exile, and the destruction of Jerusalem, as it is, is inevitable. There is more parody in this prophetic message by Ezekiel. Instead of telling the story about God's election, it's a story about Israel's apostasy, which means their utter abandonment and rejection of God's will and ways. Ezekiel calls Israel out on the multi-generational offenses of sin, and the sin singled out is idolatry that dislocates heart that led to things like child sacrifice in the promised land. The people rebelled and provoked God with this type of violence and social injustice. Dr. Block conveys how Ezekiel emphasizes the covenantal relationship that Israel rebelled against, the revealed will of God. There's an accusation not only of defection, but knowledge and intent to be part of the anti-story. Dr. Block draws my attention to the fact that the elders brought an inquiry to God through the prophet Ezekiel asking for God's defense of their current situation, because remember, they're in the first wave of exile. But Yahweh does not answer this question, but instead uses a teachable moment. Some people might call it deflection, but I have found that you can't, and I think there's research to support this, you can't give facts and figures to someone who is looking for a different kind of answer. So instead of answering that question, perhaps use that moment that they've offered to you to have a response as a teachable moment. 
Jesus will use this strategy in the New Testament too. There's something interesting for leaders and leadership communication in this, which is worth looking into. Instead of God responding with his name, earned slowness to anger and patience, he actually tells Ezekiel to arraign the nations. To arraign is to bring before a court charges, censure, fault. They reject the law, which were meant to make God ordered edits to human practice, where Dr. Mackey explains how about 80% of the 600 and something laws that we read back in Exodus and Deuteronomy, they were designed to lift up and protect those with the least social and economic power, the widows, the orphans, the slaves, to create this sense of human flourishing and shalom. But they did not only reject the laws, but God's Sabbath, designed for two things, explains Dr. Block, as an internal reminder to us of who God is and the story we're in, and an external reminder or invitation, a sign to put God on display to others with open doors to invite them in, to help them navigate to Jesus for atonement and receive what they need in community. In Ezekiel chapter 21, it's clear as we've seen before with the flood or as some call it the deluge and in other places, there was punishment like Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and civil wars. And here that comes with this avenging sword image as an agent of judgment. Whoa, it's hard to read, but it's sobering. And although it's unique and specific, it has happened before. As Dr. Block states, it makes clear that God becomes the enemy of those who claim to be his but refuse to be his people. God will not allow apostasy or infidelity to endure. It works against his name and purpose. In this case, we also learn that God carries out this response not through a flood, fire, civil war, but through pagan instruments, divination, and humans mainly, or for starters, the Babylonians, their enemies. God is using the enemies of his people to inflict this kind of consequence. Ooh, so much to think about here. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.